You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Today on the Give Your Life Away podcast, we come to a new book, 3 John, and I'll read verses 1 through 4. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. What I want to highlight from this passage today is not the main point. It's not about walking in the truth, but it's rather a minor one. In fact, it's a minor part of the New Testament epistles as a whole. However, what I want to highlight today, while minor in the epistles, is major in Christian thinking today. What am I referring to? Physical health. In verse 2, John prays that the fo- John prays the following for Gaius. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes with your soul. At the outset, let me say that I'm no way wanting to minimize the concern for your own or another person's physical health. That's not the goal. That's not what I'm doing. We should absolutely be concerned with the health of other people and even pray about that. After all, it's biblical. See this verse. With that being said, I want to point out the priority of physical health in the New Testament epistles and ask you to consider whether we place more of an emphasis on physical health than the early church did. It's my belief that we do place more of an emphasis on our physical health than the early church did. Remember when Jesus healed the paralyzed man who was lowered into a room in Mark 2? Jesus healed this man to demonstrate that he had the power to forgive sins. Jesus actually said this in the passage. Physical healing in Jesus' day was to demonstrate his power. Physical healing didn't come just from Jesus' compassionate heart. It came because he was demonstrating that his message had credibility. He was demonstrating his power over all things so that people paid attention to his words, not just his miracles. In fact, elsewhere, he rebukes people for only wanting to see his power and not adhering to his words. So the words are more important than the acts of power. The acts of power show that the words are credible. The apostles in Acts 3 heal a man and use it as an entry into a proclamation about the power of Jesus, not just to heal physical ailments only, but to heal people spiritually. You see in the Gospels and in the book of Acts many details about healing, and it comes in concert with the preaching of the Gospel. Then, interestingly enough, in the epistles, we don't really read much about healings. In fact, Paul, an apostle himself, tells Timothy to drink a little wine for his stomach. He doesn't tell Timothy that he, Paul, would would speak Timothy's healing into existence. He doesn't tell Timothy, Timothy, if you just had enough faith, God will heal you. Paul simply says to take a little wine for his stomach. Consider also, all that the apostle Paul Peter, and John have been concerned about when writing to the churches. Do you see them overly concerned about physical ailments? No, you don't. Now again, unless you think that I'm cold and callous, I'm not. In fact, just yesterday I was asking the Lord to heal a sister in the faith. 
pleading with him, with a number of people with me. What I'm trying to drive home is that something happened to the early church that caused them to view spiritual realities as more important than physical ailments. What is that something? What happened? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul settles this in 1 Corinthians 15 when he convincingly writes about the fact that we will all get new bodies in the resurrection. This seems to have actually mattered to the early church. While they certainly did think about physical ailments, see verse 2 of this passage, physical ailments were never their focus. I in no way want to minimize heartfelt prayer for physical ailments. However, I do believe that sometimes we try to hang on to this life far longer than the early church did. And I believe that we sometimes have our priorities out of whack and that it's often reflected in our prayer lists. Consider this. All Christians will be healed of every ailment one day. It will happen. Unless you're alive when Christ returns in the rapture, you will get your healing after your physical death in this body. So it's not a matter of if Christ will heal us, but it's a matter of when will he heal us. So my words of exhortation to you today are these. First, believe that you will be healed in God's timing. Second, pray for people's physical well-being. And finally, pray more for people's spiritual well-being. A good way to do this is to pray for a person's physical well-being and then tie a spiritual request to it. When you pray for a sister's hip surgery to be successful, that's a good prayer. But also pray that if it's not, God would give her a peace in her heart knowing that it does not change his care for her one bit. Maybe you can also pray that the people around her would know of her ultimate trust in the fatherly love of God and not in the doctors performing the surgery. Maybe you can also, in addition to praying for the physical outcome of her surgery, pray a prayer of thankfulness that she's had a strong hip for so many years. Strong hips and strong hands and feet and a mind and eyes are an evidence of grace from the Lord. So use it as a prayer of thanksgiving. Perhaps you can also pray that she will not be sinfully anxious going into surgery, but would be joyfully trusting in her Lord, who will one day wipe out all sickness, disease, and pains from this earth. So maybe tie some spiritual requests that are lasting and eternal to the physical request. Because even if she comes out of surgery and, this, and the surgery was quote-unquote successful, as I often say to our church jokingly, there are no 137-year-olds. Something will get her, and something will get you, and something will get me. So let's make our prayers be prayers that resonate on and into eternity, not just demonstrate that we have an overemphasis on this life only. We're trying to hold on to this life only. One final idea. If you printed out the prayers recorded in the New Testament, if you started with Jesus' sample prayer given to the disciples, and then if you printed out the prayers of Paul and the other apostles, you could use those prayers as the content for your prayers for the people around you and the people that you love. Praying the prayers of Scripture are one way to pray God's will. So again, my goal has not been to minimize physical ailments to a lower importance than Scripture gives to them. Not at all. My goal is to let Scripture inform you and I, to inform our minds 
so as to put physical ailments into the proper place of priority into our lives. They are a priority, just not anywhere near the highest priority. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are alive in Christ.